I like it spooky. Hey everybody, welcome to I Like a Spooky Horror Podcast. We're coming to you live from Halloween, Palooza, and Ottumwa, Iowa. Who else do I have with me today? Am I alone? Is anybody here? Anybody? Oh, oh, hey, I'm Jason. Nice to see y'all. Hey everybody, I'm um I'm Clint. And here with us we have Justin Beam. Yeah. And he's from Reverend Entertainment. And uh Justin's actually gonna be doing his own panel here around four o'clock. So we don't want him to give all of his secrets away just yet, but could you tell us just a little bit about yourself? It's all secret. Damn. That's no. the end of our show. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me on. I love what you're doing with the podcast. And these guys, for those who couldn't make it to the show who are listening, they have this great booth. And when I drove up, I was, you look in the front window or the back window by the parking lot and this enormous Home Depot skeleton is in here. It's the perfect centerpiece for this show. And this show grew into a new venue this year. Massive place. This convention center is wonderful. And big kudos to Mike, Jason, Flyboy, and the team. You guys did just an incredible job putting this together. It, I, mean, I know the show's grown a lot over the years, but this really feels like an arrival this weekend. And so big round of applause for these guys yeah. for what they're doing. <clears throat> And to you guys moving into the podcast space, I mean, this is really, um, it's a year now, I think, for you guys, one right? Year. Yeah, yep. Yep. one we year. Made it. Yep. I've only been around for a little bit, but yeah, a year for them. That's amazing. And that's hard to do. A podcast is a lot of work and staying on top of it outside of just the engineering challenges and stuff, but merchandising the heck out of it. You guys are doing a wonderful job with that. You asked me a question. I forgot what it was. I think it was this white substance on the table that, confi- that kind of threw me off. We were excited to have you here, so we... <laughs> pre-celebrated we'll just say it's tears <laughs> tears of joy we glad there's Bo- no little kids so we had Bollinger lie for us and say that it was from the special effects team but yeah it was really just pure excitement oh yeah they did they had a, an example of what they're doing there's a live makeup thing that happened today here and in the past those have always been such a blast where people bring their home kits in and things it's just all in for horror fans so this is really just a podcast now about Halloween Palooza. no that's okay yeah Film festival, special effects. Yeah. A ghost hunt later. Celebrities. Yeah, celebrities. All kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah, Justin Beams here is a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> no. He gets embarrassed every time, you know, we bring that up, but we appreciate the stuff you do. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's my honor. It's really uh I never would have dreamed that it, this would be my gig, you know. It's every day I pinch myself for sure. I was actually blown away earlier. I asked you a question about what you do and, and interviewing, you know, people for the behind the scenes stuff. Mm. And I loved your answer when I said, you know, how do you do you interject yourself? You know, how do you conduct these interviews? And your your answer was perfect. I love it. You said, I just listen because I want the truth of those stories to come out. And I was just blown away by that. That's just the, the correct way to go about it, I think. So kudos thank you and that was that's the great thing about these kinds of events where people are coming around and we're all speaking the same language and so our interests are not only in alignment but also I think our passion is in alignment too and that's how I approach the interviews I really do I just love hearing people's stories and I don't want to I never want to stand in front of whatever path someone is on with sharing and if they've been gracious enough to give me their time I absolutely, I want to show them the respect of not just doing the research, but also allowing them to have that platform. Because my job is simply to put something on a stage, set up the microphone, turn on the lights, and then I go sit in the crowd, essentially. Because it's, it's, for me, it's never, even back with the magazines and stuff, it's never about, for me, the interviewer. It's never about anybody but who's in that chair. And so I, I try to carry that through with all the discussions that I have, for sure. No, I know Jason had a question, but this kind of leads me into a question, what you're talking about. And um, I know you've talked about you go out to Los Angeles a lot and work with a lot of people in the industry. Um, kind of like what they're doing, but bringing people to Iowa, mm-hmm. bringing the horror community and just a community in general. I feel like you're a great steward of that as bringing people, going out to L.A. and saying, no, I live in Iowa, and I have a great group of friends there, and I have people that are doing amazing things, and that leads people back here to grow the community even more. Yeah, because it's not, none of this is regional. 
being a fan, it doesn't matter where you travel, because entertainment, especially film, is very similar to music, and I grew up with a music background. I'm a drummer, and when you're a musician, you can take what you do anywhere in the world. You don't have to speak the same language as the person sitting across from you, but you can instantly connect with them with what, you're, what comes out of you, what moves through you. And with the writing, it's, there's this tangible element to it where I love writing and not dictating to a phone or something like that. I really enjoy the, the act of it moving through me fully, which this sounds a little weird, but, and it's the same way with these though, where connecting with people and being able to speak that same language is something that's so precious I'm proud to be from Iowa. I'm proud to live in Iowa. I, my son is here, and I want to raise him here. I grew up here, and I love it for a lot of reasons. I can go to L.A., get what I need done, mm -hmm. and then come back to normalcy and no traffic and things like that, and, um, but, and, and still feel like I'm connecting with all of it. So the Iowa thing is a big thing for me. I'm, I'm very, very proud. And there's so many incredible creative people here. There's a lot of film production here, a lot of television stuff, and uh, that's how I met Mike and Jason years ago. I mean, they put an ad in the paper, need, we need zombies to show up in West Branch, Iowa. You got, we need zombies for one day, as many as we can get. And I show up, and this was the film Collapse. In 2009, I think that was, Jay, is that right? Who's seen Collapse in here? Have you, anybody here seen it? Oh, yeah. So it's, Mike, you've seen it? <laughs> Shit, it's really getting out there. No, so this movie, Chris Mulkey, Karen Landry. I'm monopolizing your time here. I'm sorry. It's it. an amazing. It. This this was one of the last Iowa genre films because there was a run of movies in the late '90s that was that were being made here. The Crazies remake was here. You had, I mean, Mike and Jason. Mikey's been doing stuff here. We had a great panel a couple years ago on PF's history, prescribed films, their company. They're still making these amazing movies, features and shorts, all Iowa people. And um, anyway, so Collapse was a real arriving moment. And I show up on the set in West Branch, Iowa. They're putting this amazing makeup on me. I mean, Toby Sells was doing this stuff, telling me how great coffee is as a bruising agent on people's faces and stuff. I'm like, what planet is this? I answered this little ad in a, like the penny saver or something, and I walked into this universe. And that's where I met Mike and Jason, and my life really changed. It did in a lot of ways. And these guys are just like you guys. You guys are ambassadors not just for the genre, but for the fandom. And that's the thing that I think can be forgotten. We're all fans of so many people and movies and products. But we're really, we're, we're a family. And that sounds cliche to say, but it's just such a special thing that we, and we just love feeding each other. The lack of competitiveness in this realm, I think, is just beautiful. And... Anyway, so that's my two cents and how I met Mike and Jason and what led to all this and what you're talking about for sure. Go yeah. Iowa. He's totally right about Iowa because if you guys don't know, I'm from Michigan. I drove like eight hours to be here. And so the Quad City area in Illinois and then here in, in Iowa, um, this place has like quickly become my second home. From the Detroit area where I'm from, there's, there's a decent horror community as far as um, some indie films, a lot of special effects stuff and a whole lot of haunted attractions, which my background is haunted houses. And so you're like, you're talking about the, um, we're all fans and the, and the language, and it kind of crosses barriers of the, because there's so many facets to this genre. Like yeah. for example, I, I say, you, you can take me out of the haunted house, but not the haunted house out of me. And I'm here and I met some friends from Iowa's own mayhem haunted house. Yeah. You know, and that we just inst instantly clicked. It's just that we, you know, draw into each other. So um, no, you're correct. This, the community out here is fantastic. Um, and I just love being able to be, like you say, an ambassador and, and talk about all the different stuff. I think a lot of us grew up not even maybe aware of how many people around us were into the same stuff. I know I felt that way. I remember talking to Joe Dante, said the same thing when I first interviewed him, and he, was, he said when he was a kid, he thought he was alone in the universe because nobody he knew was watching monster movies and had the love for it that he, until he discovered famous monsters of Filmland magazine. Mm -hmm. And then he found this universe of people and discovered that. And I think that there is, there's a moment where you step into the stream to start watching movies and things and maybe getting into genre stuff. But when you, when you have the opportunity to go to an event like this where the dialogue is perpetual, 
You walk in any room here, into any event, go to any table, and you're right there with whoever that person is. Man, that's a, that's a real testament to what this is and how universal, because it's not just Iowa, it is everywhere. Right. So Justin does a lot of special features for Scream Factory, Vinegar Syndrome. Who else do you work with? Tons pa- of Paramount and Shout are my two main ones, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I was looking back into the stuff that Justin's done, and I'm a big Halloween fan. I don't know if you guys have listened to this podcast before, but I always talk about Halloween. The oh, movie you're kidding. And the, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> surprise. He's our mainstream guy. So, uh, Justin, I saw you did a documentary, You Can't Kill the Boogeyman, for the 35th anniversary DV, Blu-ray release, right? Go ahead. With, uh, yeah, I'll explain okay. this, but okay. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, okay. Well, no, now that we're coming up to Halloween Ends, coming out next week which i'm super excited for uh do you think they're gonna kill the boogeyman okay so the you can't kill the boogeyman thing was back when i was working with trancus films which is the kind of parent company of the halloween world i we put halloween the original halloween back in theaters for the first time Mm -hmm. because at that time a lot of these fathom events bookings and stuff weren't really happening and and it's since, I don't think it's left theaters any October since then. And this was, I think, 2012 is when this happened. But so we teamed up with, um, at that time it was Screen Vision, who used to have those little text trivia challenges before movies. Do you guys remember those? That would be, and they were, the, uh, everyone shot me down on, they're like, Halloween, it's a, it's a 1978 movie? Are you kidding? Like, what? Like, no one seemed to get it. Mm-hmm. But then I met this guy, Mike, at Screen Vision, and he absolutely got it. And so we got the theater, the nationwide run. It ran in theaters around the world for the first time in a lot of countries for that. But the big key thing was they wanted some additional content for it. And so it's a documentary short. I think it's like maybe nine minutes, ten minutes long or something. And I brought in my buddy Andy D- Andrew Devoff, who's the gin in Wishmaster movies. Mm-hmm. And he yeah, also yeah, yeah. did in Lost, he's in The Hatch and stuff. And he has the most amazing voice. And so I came up with this concept to just kind of speak to the cultural presence of the boogeyman around the world and how that translates to Michael Myers here. And so I'm right, I got this script that I wrote for Andy and I'm sitting with him in the booth and my friend Tim was engineering it, who's a great composer too. And here's Andy, like, <laughs> it's so remarkable. I have video footage that I've just started shooting him next to me because I was in absolute disbelief that this was going on in real time. He's like, the boogeyman only appears when children have been naughty and stuff like that. <laughs> but here's the gin's voice. It's, I talk to Andy all the time, and he doesn't sound like that, but when you get a microphone in front of him, it was just remarkable. And then we built this little thing, and it ran in all these theaters, and then it got buried, and I think it's vaulted permanently. So it, it isn't on any video release. Oh. It's, uh, it's, it was only in those theaters. But I remember Malik and I sitting, oh, sorry, Jason, need to speed up. Malik and I, were, we, went there, we had a premiere for this, for Halloween's re-release at the Chinese Theater in LA. And to be sitting at the, the flipping Chinese Theater, and then my little documentary comes up, I was just, it was amazing. And then we had a, in Cedar Rapids at the theater there, Jason came dressed as Michael Myers, to do a lobby meet and greet thing. And that, that theater sort of rolled out the red carpet, which in the, your backyard, like no one knows who you are, but that was the one time that it kind of happened and it was really special. So I'm so long-winded and I apologize. Your question was so simple. Yeah. Do I think they're gonna kill Michael? I think they will because I think these three are done. I think yeah. it's, this, is, this is a journey that's ending with this team. Do I think he's gonna come back? Are you kidding oh, me? Of course, yeah. Yeah, of course. My money's on the Halloween Halloween three crossover. Michael is going to be controlled by Silver Shamrock. So, they've been t- what well, David Gordon Green was talking about that. Yeah, it's a theory running around. And last year, when I interviewed him for Remind Magazine for the October issue, we were talking about what he would like to do next, and he specifically pointed to Halloween three. He said that's where the opportunity exists. I would love to see, I would love to see a prequel about Loomis. I know I've been trumpeting this for ever now Jason and Mike remember this but um, a prequel story series about Loomis and everything that led up to meeting Michael and then getting into that eventually but kind of like a Hannibal thing where what we know doesn't really matter almost because it's you could do this whole Kolchak thing with it 
that I think would be so fascinating because I think Loomis is the most underserved character in the Halloween universe. Yeah. Steph Hutchinson did some cool stuff with him in his Halloween comics. And I'm wearing my Dangertainment shirt today because I did the features on Resurrection in 4K, which just comes out, just came out. And I interviewed, and I, anyway, I have this whole feature on there with Steph about his Halloween comics. And he really expanded that whole universe with his work there. And one of the characters he recognized too was Loomis. And I think Loomis is still lost in the shuffle. I really think that there's so much more that could be done there and lovingly in tribute to Donald mm. while doing something really creative with a character that could be its own universe. It really could, like a Marvel thing. This is the Deadpool stuff or whatever. I'm not even sure Deadpool's Marvel, so sorry if I'm wrong. But uh, I think so, I'm not okay. sure. Either. It that's, is. That's yeah. out of my All universe. Right. All right. I still just want Michael to be a Silver Shamrock bot, so I can look at Jason and go, I told you. I, I, I told you. Do you ever watch Knight Rider or Chips, especially Knight Rider? Uh, yeah, both of them, but it's been a while, but yeah. There's a network called Charge. I'm sure none of this is what you guys want to hear about, but there's this network called Charge that's on TV, and it's all retro TV stuff, right? This is probably six months ago, and they had an episode of Knight Rider where Michael goes to a, a, par a costume party. Has somebody seen this out there? And they walk in the costume party and there's people wearing the, sh the silver shamrock mask from Halloween 3 with the thing on the badge on it. It's not just, oh, this is from prop department. It's literally the silver shamrock mask. What, what year was this? I'd have to, I'd have to go back I mean, and is look. Is it like early to mid 80s or something like that? Yeah, and yeah. When right night, it was early Knight Rider, I think. Because, okay. and, and they shot it on Universal set too. So they also go to the Psycho House. There's a whole scene where they pull up to the Psycho House. And I'm like, this is amazing. And then the one after that that they showed was the reason I asked about Chips. They have an, a whole episode with Elvira Okay. As, as part of Chips that they showed. And they have this fake kiss band in it, too. But these horror ties are so exciting when these people pop up as their characters. So these masks, I couldn't believe that they got into the set of Knight Rider, of all things. So... Anyway, go look for Knight Rider and Halloween 3. It's a pretty cool crossover that nobody wanted to hear about. Well, and you know what's cool is this conversation is actually starting to transition into what we were going to do here. And we were going to check out some old Grindhouse trailers, which are fantastic and fun to watch. You guys want to watch some old cheesy, what the hell did I just see Grindhouse trailers? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Let's check them out. See, I'm telling you, is this stuff amazing or what? <laughs> Did anybody bring popcorn? <laughs> no. No, I want popcorn. Damn it. You don't even know what's on. No. <laughs> we were going to watch it, and then it was like, oh, let's just see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I watched like the first five minutes. I was like, it's good. <laughs> this could be anything. This could literally be anything. <laughs> yeah, like, well, you know what I love about these old trailers are a lot of people debate that trailers nowadays, they're long, and they, they give away the whole movie. The cool thing about these old trailers is they can show you the whole movie and you still have no idea what the hell you're watching or getting into. You don't know what's going to happen. There's some great compilations out there too. The, yeah. I think Umbrella did a series of DVD or Drive-In Delirium. Have you guys seen that? These sets, they're nothing but trailers. And they have a whole set of maybe seven discs wall to wall and they remaster them all in 1080. The whole, they look, they've never looked better. And then there's a great Something Weird video collection that's been out there for a long time too. That gets into lots of great old side road stuff like right. Axe and you know, Color Me Blood Red and stuff like that. Well, and I know that watching old stuff like this, it's no different than cruising through Netflix for three hours trying to, no, I don't want to watch, I'll watch this trailer. No, I don't want to yeah. watch that. This is way more fun, I'm telling you. Did he cook her and eat her? What's he? I got the Wicked Witch of the West to come in the movie. <laughs> this is like the R-rated version of Sven from Frozen. Yeah, yep, yeah. It's a prequel to Frozen.
<laughs> meat is meat. That's great. The the concept. Who comes up with this stuff? It's fantastic. You know something else I love about watching these? And I'm, I'm sorry I got my back to you, Jason. You're included in this conversation too, but something else I love about these is, and I haven't seen anything yet, but I love watching old trailers or even just to taking an old film like this. And a lot of times I see influences that are in later, greater movies. And maybe I'm just making it up in my head and I'm reading too deep into it. And I can't think of a good, a good example right now, but I'll watch this stuff and I'll go, I've seen something like that in Return of the Living Dead. I wonder if Dan O'Bannon was a fan of this movie and took that scene and turned it into his own scene or whatever. The, the art of cutting trailers is really a unique oh, thing. Yeah. And, and if you think about it, oftentimes for most people, they see the trailer more than they see a movie. Because mm -hmm. if you attend movies regularly at all, you're going to see the, whatever's the current run of trailers that are out there and so you're likely to see something three or four times so that may be the only experience you have with it right is this and those memories resonate mm -hmm. so and also a lot of times in trailers they're cut early before the film is finished because oh, you they always have to see get it out stuff in the that didn't make it into the film that's the fun stuff when yeah. you're you see scenes that never even got to the final or i've seen like a disturbing behavior which i know is a weird weird that's one to throw movie. into this but like it was Weird for this, but yeah, good movie. But there was a song in the trailer that wasn't in the movie. Oh, Flag, was Flag, Flagpole Sitta. Oh, really? Yeah. The, and that has a good soundtrack. I wonder oh, yeah. what happened to that. I just didn't make it in the film. I don't know. But you can establish a vibe. You're setting the table. You're setting the expectation. And then the tone. And absolutely. the tone for people to walk in. And, that, and they ha this has to resonate in a way to get them in the theater. Mm. It's more than just shock or something or blood. It's about... It's about finding the audience that's going to connect with it. And I think Lee Harry, who directed Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, he's a trailer cutter. He's one of the most prolific in Hollywood. No one knows who they are because their names are never on these things. Right. But they establish such a vital personality and face for what the movie's going to be for audiences with these things and how they assemble them. This is something weird video. Is he in the corner over there? Do we have to pay licensing rights for that? What is this? <laughs> what, this? It was on YouTube for free. Oh, whew. So, okay. yeah. Always the most legally oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. secure way to... So if they ask us to, we'll just call YouTube and be like, hey, you have to pay licensing rights for Something that. Weird Video has a great, speaking of Halloween season, they have a great two-disc set that you can get, and it has one, one disc is, has Monsters Crash the Pajama Party on it, which is this kitschy weirdo movie from 60s and then the rest of it is kind of a an easter egg hunt you click through screens on these mazes like where you move your cursor around on the screen and something will light up you click it it could be an old vintage trailer it could be a behind the scenes thing and then they also have a lot of home footage from people's like trick-or-treating when they were in the 50s and stuff it's such a unique thing and then the second disc is a cd of old radio commercials and that's right up your alley events mm -hmm. event audio like you got to your local theater don't bring any girls because they'll scream until they die <laughs> and like we're gonna have a nurse here to sign your life away when you walk in the door that kind of stuff and the thing's like 10 bucks so look look it up it's something weird video to this well and you know the cool gimmicky stuff i was talking about haunted houses earlier i would take inspiration from watching these and pull like we have a nurse here on hannah so mayhem's here. I see you in the audience. Do you guys do that? Do you do you pull kind of the gimmicky stuff from this old time stuff and try to incorporate that in your haunt? It's fun, you know, and it gives it that throwback feel. Yeah. Well, people are also looking for more of an experience now than right. ever. And in an age of being by yourself at home with your TV, that's what that's where the theatrical thing has to be more. And it's perfect for a film festival to be associated with something like this because you can watch the movies and you can go interact with no. people, buy the stuff and whatnot. Scanners, they're talking about people passing out and throwing up while they watch the movie. This is scanners? Yeah, scanners. <laughs> you know, something you just talked about, there's people are passing out and throwing up. That's another cool thing when you get to the collectible side of things is you can go buy like 
barf bags from 73 yeah. from the Exorcist. Dr. Butcher MD. Dr. Yeah. Butcher MD just did yeah. that, yeah. And yeah, I mean, yep. you know, it's a cool collectible piece to have. Video, video drone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a nice sprinkle of more mainstream stuff in here, too. Well, I don't know if this is mainstream for you and I. Jason's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> Giving you a hard time. Yeah, everybody knows I kind of like the mainstream stuff. I don't go into all the grind-out stuff, so I'm actually just enjoying the trailers, watching sure. these, and I'll let them do all the talking. Now that you say that, we're just going to be really quiet. Fun film is fun film. That's my perspective. It's like there's no need for a box to put it in. Have you seen this, Jason? I don't think so. No. no, no. Have you seen any Cronenberg stuff? What else has he done? He was in Jason X. Yeah. Was he? Yeah. In the very beginning. Uh, what about yeah, uh, you've seen that? Cronenberg, we got Shiver. Yep. Shiver. Ra- Rabbit is really good. Yeah, Rabbit's Rabbit. good. Oh, yeah, I guess I haven't then. Yeah, he's good. Cronenberg was, uh, he had uh, the part in um, Nightbreed. Oh, okay, yeah. I couldn't believe going to Jason X for a lot of reasons, but I couldn't believe when I'm sitting there and here's David Cronenberg in a doctor's jacket walking. I'm like, what? That what threw me doing? too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll also never forget the ending where I'm sitting there just in awe as Jason's floating through space and the guy in the suit comes in. Or no, the guy's floating through space. Jason comes shooting by and grabs yeah, yeah. him and flies by. What <laughs> is happening? Oh, here's my favorite one. <laughs> you were telling me about this, yeah. yeah. Did you say he like t- saves the shark and then him and the shark go on a revenge tour? Is that what it is? Well, he was saved by sharks when he was a young boy. So, oh, yeah, okay. he uses the sharks to get revenge against the people that have wronged oh, him. That's amazing. I mean, if we had to sit through Deep Blood and cover that on the I Like It Spooky Horror podcast, I'll sit through and watch this. Why not? Kind of looks like Billy Jack, the actor. You know, Billy Jack, the 70s action you know, he's, I'm going to put my left foot on the right side of your face, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> you know what else is neat about watching these is every once in a while, I didn't just see somebody, but you'll see someone who you're like, wait a minute, that's the actor from Happy Days, or that's oh, yeah. the guy that was in The Exorcist, or you know, just whatever example you want to you wanna go to. But we see people get their really early starts and stuff like this. Oh, they took a little dig at Jaws there. Filmed with non-mechanical sharks. <laughs> Richard Jekyll's in that. He's, I love him in Grizzly. Have you guys seen Grizzly 2 Grizzly. yet? Yeah. You know, they shot a Grizzly 2, but they didn't finish it back in the day. It takes place at a disco music festival. Real. And it has... you know, uh, What's his name? Uh, who played Batman in... Batman and Robin. Adam West? Original? George Clooney's in it. Oh, Clooney, okay. It has like this insane cast of people before they were anything, but they never finished the movie, right? Someone just put got the rights to this stuff, and they finished it with modern drone footage and things. It's so bad, and the, and the bear stuff in it is ridiculously awful, but it's really wonderful. So if you're a fan of any of these like nature gone amok movies, and I'm a freak about Grizzly, I just love Grizzly, but you got to see part two. It's worth it. It's worth it. And they used every inch of the available footage of George Clooney for it. So here's George walking through the woods, and it's going to be in real time, people. <laughs> <laughs> we got time to pad. You know, we got to fill this thing out. And then when you finally see the bear, it's like a half-realized fuzzy arm. It looks like on, uh, like, like Svengooly when they have somebody like a bear hand mm-hmm. or whatever. Anyway, go see that. Was movie. that a newer release? Yeah, it just Something came out just maybe a year ago. It's called oh, okay. Grizzly 2 The Revenge. This starts with these drone shots and this very clearly modern footage of a baby bear climbing a tree. It's so weird. You know what's great about these two is I don't think we'll ever see these again fully realize as they were just because of the social taboos and, you know, how things have evolved, but I don't think you could make this movie without upsetting a lot of people. You know, you couldn't show this trailer 
on a new format. I think they would show these where they could. So this would be in a grindhouse like grind theater house, or like yeah, a porno movie. theater or something. Yeah, where they, where it would be safe. And then they'd probably have a look. If it's something commercially viable, then they'd have a cleaner trailer for it maybe. But And all this stuff is still made. It's just it's on these tables. Right. The independent filmmaking world is mm-hmm. really bigger than it's ever been before. It's just a matter of getting out there and sifting through what's there mm-hmm. to find what's your game to try. And I think especially Tubi, which Tubi does, I don't know if you guys are aware in terms of residuals for filmmakers, Tubi does more than even Amazon Prime does for filmmakers. They pay better than anyone. And they also are very open to independent stuff that does break barriers, that moves into weird realms and territories. So that's a great place to just start blind renting for free. Like we used to just go blind rent Mm because they had a great cover. Tubi's the place to do it at no charge. And I agree with you completely. Now, my old lady would completely argue with you. She's like, Jesus Christ, what did you just put on? Do I have to watch this? <laughs> yes, you do. Or you well, can leave. That's something Jason and I were talking about the other day. He sat down at Tubi on his couch, and an hour later, he's like, 1300 horror movies oh, yeah, in and he's up. like yeah, I'm not yeah. even to he's the end. Yeah. I just went through and I just held over and like was clicking, clicking through and it gives you a count at the end of it how many just horror movies there are, and there's tons. New York River, Fulci, Silver Toes. Oh, this is the uh, the duck killer, yeah. <laughs> there should be more killers in movies with duck voices. Right. <laughs> it's a, what? You know, besides, like, uh, my opinion, the, the absurdness of the, the duck voice and, the, you know, kind of like they talk about his insanity and stuff. This was a really well put together movie because it was a good story, and a lot of these had really good stories. Maybe maybe they wound up with like kind of cheap production values or whatever, but yeah, great story. Oh man, and it's it's a, it is a dark movie. It's mm-hmm. it's a very violent movie. I like I like these perspectives on New York because people who are from an area might shoot what they think people want to see, but then people who come from outside that geography are going to shoot stuff that locals might not think to. And to put a duck voice over it. A generation of kids from New York were scared of ducks. Or some, they're scared of Disney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are we the only ones who've seen this, or has anybody else seen this movie? No, we got a few? Okay, good. We're Blue, not un- the only Blue Underground keeps doing great release after yeah. great release of all this stuff. That's another company that deserves a lot of praise you know, so again we didn't watch this you, you watched a little bit of we didn't I watch this the ahead shark of time. one and i was like no it's good we can, and, we can so use i this. was kind of like there's nothing that i've seen that's going to be in this i'm guessing this uh, could, i've seen like four films already this yeah is great. Huh? this could veer so off track into it, who knows what territory i'm kind of hoping that it does welcome God. to the i like a spooky horror podcast <laughs> i once bought my mom once bought a vcr so my parent okay we're doing trauma. oh here trauma it went off track now <laughs> You must pay attention when Trump. Absolutely, pops I was gonna say I didn't mean to interrupt you, but shh. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sometime in the near future, a major earthquake will lay waste to the entire California coastline. From out of the rubble will rise a menace far more terrifying than the death and destruction that served Nazis. Classic. Where's the, I don't let's see if he's here. I don't see him, but there's a guy here today, this weekend, and he's got a hearse out in the parking lot. And in the bag it says Tromoville High School or something like that. Yeah. We gravitated towards each other. He's a cool dude. I saw that hearse just parked in the lot. It should be up front. Uh, yeah, I that thought that too. That should be a display yeah. thing. That was really cool. Mike and Jason had Lloyd in a couple of their movies that they did. Prescribed uh-huh. Films did. There's some other filmmakers here who also got him on board. for some Lloyd's, Lloyd Kaufman, who runs Troma, is another endlessly energetic you know, supporter of independent cinema. Absolutely. So uh, on this show, I've talked quite a bit about the Valentine Bluffs fan film that's coming out. Finally got a release date uh, this coming Valentine's Day. And he stepped in and has a small role in that too. I've never met him, so but I'm going to be at Scarefest here in a couple weeks down in Kentucky. Or, yeah, Kentucky. And I'm going to meet him. I can't wait. What I was going to tell while we're watching these guys kick each other around, 
my mom bought a VCR. This is a couple years ago. My parents are pretty technologically not savvy. And so anytime they get anything, they call me up and say, well, what do we do? It's like, just buy a spaceship and assume it'll do something. And anyway, there's a tape in the VCR when I get in there. I'm like, huh. <laughs> what was it? And, I get the, and I'm like, well, let's just test this out. Now, I could see the label. I knew exactly what it was. Okay. But I'm like, oh, there's a tape in here, Mom. And I'm like, Dad, come here, Mom. I get my brother in the room, and I'm like, let's check this thing out. And I knew what I was hitting play on. <laughs> and I hit play, and it was... It was this weird, hardcore porn tape. And, and I hit it, and then I was like, so it starts. My mom's sitting in a recliner, and my dad's, and these are like 80-some. The obvious is happening, and I'm like, oh, the remote isn't. You guys, I, I think the remote might be broken. Dad, mom's like, well, turn this off. Get this turned off. And I, and I just keep going and acting puzzled by the remote. It was one of the greatest moments. Well, now what about your dad? Was your dad like... Oh, yeah, Dad was just sitting there glued. Just, what? <laughs> it wasn't Water Power, was it? Was that the name of that movie? The Brian Clark always tries to push off on everybody? What you know that one? Water Tower? Water Power. Power. You know that one? No. No? I can imagine I don't know is. that you want to know that one, but... Is there I guess a water it's a true tower story. Thing too? Is water towers? Is that a thing? No, I don't know. I just I thought he said uh, tower. Was no, it's still water are we power. Piece the puzzle together. That'd be a new fetish. Water. Are tower? we still talking porn, or are we back to uh, horror? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like either it's way, I'm sure of both. Like, porn <laughs> actually revolutionized home video. Yeah. Yeah. Porn is what made VHS the dominant format mm -hmm. in home video because of the expense and lack thereof of being able to produce and those the, tapes. The revenue they turned, and the rest of the industry saw that. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, absolutely. The way I understand Water Power is it's a movie about a serial... Back to the porn. Eminent enema giver. Sound right? He goes around and just gives people enemas. Breaks into the house and does that. Yeah. Your I, guy. I'm yeah. less interested. Yeah. <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> I hear the true story? <laughs> yes. This is the beauty of trauma. <laughs> trauma led us to this freaking yeah. conversation right now. It's actually on Netflix's uh, 2023 release schedule. God bless you, Uncle Lloyd. <laughs> it really is terrifying. Uh, yeah. Maternity ward? I thought it was going to be more like a Brian Clark cryptid type thing when I saw yeah, the creatures. Yeah, the dinosaurs. Or like a piranha or something. That's the other great thing about these is, like I said a minute ago, like with New York Ripper, a lot of them had really great stories. And a lot of these from this era had these stories that were just so far out there that it was like a train wreck. You had a car wreck. You had to look at it. You had to why? What is this? You know? So is this thing on the right going to move? Or I want to see the bandages come off. It's suspense. <laughs> Kind of looks like the nurse from Silent Hill. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So I'll fill the silence here real quick. And <laughs> anybody who's going to be listening to this, who's not present in this room, when we get to share this, we'll uh, have to share the link to this. To the trailer. Yeah, yeah, so you guys can see what it was we were, we were talking about. And maybe you'll understand why we were kind of silent at times because we were like, what the hell is this? Yeah, we're busy watching these trailers and we should be talking. <laughs> right. This is what people hate about commentary tracks. I always have to warn people. I'm like, well, just don't, don't watch the movie and don't just say, oh, here he goes into a door. Here he goes in the whatever. Like, it's hard not to, though, get engaged with these things. Well, this has Christopher Lee in it. What? That's Didn't you recognize him in the beginning? No. Oh, was that him with the mm -hmm. mustache? Yeah, yeah. So I have to admit, and this is kind of counter to what you do a lot of, I cannot watch a film with the commentary tracks. I'm the type of person that, like, don't talk to me, leave the room. I need to, I want to immerse myself into this. And, um... So yeah, I've never watched a film with, with the tracks. I love the trivia, I love the knowledge, I love the behind-the-scenes stuff, but it's easy for me to just get lost in what's going on. There's, there's so many different approaches to commentary, too. Some of them aren't even about the movie. Some of them are like 
some of them just become career discussions or whatever. On uh, Silent Hill, actually, I did a thing with Dan Lauston, who was the DP, mm-hmm. who also did like the John Wick 2 and 3, amazing cinematographer. And I did commentary with him, and we had things to talk about with Silent Hill, of course, but he just gets into talking about his technique, and I'm s- swimming in that discussion. Right. And so you're not... You're not spoiling the movie necessarily. It's almost providing a visual accompaniment to the symphony that is this discussion with these people sometimes. If you can envision it that way. Sometimes it's so on the nose that you're like, I didn't want to know that that shoe was made of ham or whatever. I don't know. Worst no. example ever. But you know what I'm saying? I think there, there is, can be too much sometimes as well for some people. Do you feel like there's a limit like that for you where you... I don't want to know everything behind the curtain. I'm kind of a fact nerd. So, in fact, we did like a bonus episode because we covered Night of the Common a while back. And then afterwards, I was looking for something and I found like two pages of stuff. Like, we got to do a bonus episode. I've just found all this great stuff I want to share. So, but you're saying during these commentary tracks that you actually tried to to avoid play by play. The commentary is more for like, you know, when we shot this, the budget was, and this night was a stormy night, so we had to shoot indoors. You want to avoid the, and then this window closes, and then this door opens. Sure, because the audience has already experienced the movie probably, and and they're, yeah, they're seeing what's happening. They don't need narration. It's not, it's not necessary. And I think that especially if, if, you know, dialing into this thing, they're choosing that feature so they can get the story from this person, and if. They're just kind of watching it with you. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that makes sense. They're watching that for things they don't know, right? Yeah, Yeah, I figure by the time you watch it with the commentary, you've seen it a few times, so now you just want more into the movie. Absolutely. Is that? Did I just hear the duck killer from New York Ripper? Did you hear that? (laughs) That was his cousin, the crow killer. Ah, He's from Pittsburgh. Or Italy. Maybe he's from Italy. Yeah, I, I don't remember even much awareness of any of these Italian guys until Anchor Bay started putting those clamshell tapes out. Remember when VHS started transitioning into the realm of widescreen and then you'd remember those shells, the clamshells from from, uh, Anchor Bay and you'd pull the sleeve out and on the back would be text on a lot of those. And that I think, I think Anchor Bay while they aren't the same as they used to be since the stars buy out, they were instrumental in, in, in introducing to American audiences Argento, Fulci, and a lot of these guys. Of course, horror fans know of them from a million different ways, but for my generation, at least, Anchor Bay was instrumental. They also did. I remember, um, I think I got a, a VHS where they uh, released The Fog, and I think there was a Halloween, the original 70 Halloween. Yeah, they did a bunch of Halloween. Yeah, yeah, like the two-disc, or two-disc, two-tape. Two tape, the yeah. orange tape, and it had yeah. a keychain in the middle. Mm-hmm, yeah. And when they originally mailed those out, the second tape, which was supposed to be the bonus features, was blank. And they screwed it up. And I still have my second, the blank tape, because they sent a replacement for it without needing to send the other one back. And so oh, I held wow. on to both of them. And I might even has a little keychain glued in there still, too. Yeah. They did cool stuff. They had a snow globe on one of those, too. A Halloween release with Snowball. Yeah, I think Brian found me a copy of that, the dual one. Oh, I haven't yeah. even watched the second tape. I need yeah. to, I guess I should do that. I'm sure you have it on which other version stuff. I got. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, see if it's blank. Yeah. 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 I wonder what the value of the blank tape is just because it's a, a rarity, an oddity. We thought it was cool because it was orange. Right. Absolutely. That was enough for me. Yep. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I thought it was cool because it was six bucks at Goodwill and Jason wanted it. I was excited. Yeah. 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 Those people did not know what they had. No. So, Brian, is is this kind of what got you into the Italian horror films? Like he's talking about when Anchor Bay kind of brought... Because you're, you're our resident Italian horror giallo guy. So, if what got me into horror movies, if you want a little bit of my story, is um, a couple of years ago at another convention, the Attack of the Killer podcast guys were going to be there doing a live show. And I'm like, hey, I work this job at night. I have time to watch movies and listen to podcasts. So that's how I know Justin. I went back and started with episode one of Attack of the Killer podcast. And I heard this story about this group of friends that meet at a Taco John's every month and close it down. And then they stand in the parking lot for an hour and talk and then go home. And I just kind of took this deep dive into movies, and I watched 325 movies in a year that I'd never seen before. You just don't know who you're going to reach. Yeah. And like your show, too. Your show is serving the same purpose, that you could help people 
yeah. that on-ramp into that yeah. kind of exploration. That's amazing that happened because yeah. of that show. And I've become friends with them. And, I mean, family. The first time I maybe meet Jason or maybe the second time, he gives me a big hug, and I'm like, this is kind of awkward because we don't do this in my family. <laughs> now we hug every time, and I've become friends with Justin and maybe against his don't better judgment. It. Yeah. <laughs> Jason's a hugger. For yeah, sure. yeah. You, know, you were talking about the, the reach of I Like It Spooky here, and this is kind of a silly story, but so the other day I'm getting ready to come to Iowa. I'm a smoker. Sorry if everybody wants to hate me. But um, so I'm getting ready to go on my trip. I stop a day ahead of time. I fuel up my tank, and I grab like four packs of cigarettes. So I have to stop anywhere around here where I don't know where I'm at, which is great because my truck broke down. But anyway, it's another story. And um, the guy at the gas station, right, don't know who he is. I've seen him before. And uh, he goes, what are you getting all these cigarettes for? And I said, well, I'm taking this road trip. I'm going to Iowa. He goes, Iowa? He goes, what the hell are you going to Iowa for? And I said, well, there's this convention. There's these guys I do this podcast with. They're on the left, west side of Illinois. We're going farther west into, into Iowa. We're at this convention. We're going to be doing this live. And the guy behind him, he had another guy working there. He goes, what podcast? And I'm thinking, whatever. You know? And I was like, oh, the I Like a Spooky Horror podcast. And he goes, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, I listen to you guys all the time. You guys cover everything. And I'm just like. You know, again, I'd, I've seen the guy before. It's my local gas station, but I didn't talk. It was just like that cool moment. I know it's just one dude at a gas station, but you're talking about the reach, and it was it was great. So, but then he wouldn't stop talking to me, and I'm like, I gotta go get my kids. Yep, I've seen that movie. I like that. I, I'll be back. That's the floodgates, you know? though. So that guy has probably been waiting for a community to walk into to Absolutely. have those discussions. And Absolutely. so you are the face of that in that moment, and that's the same thing this kind of thing offers people. That's amazing. What a great story. Uh, Jason, when you travel with your band, I'm sure you run into people all the time because you go all over the country who listen to killer podcasts, right? It's just You just never know what the reach of these things is. It's just incredible. That's so cool. No, and I like to think that all three of us, we have a pretty humble approach. Like, we have no grand delusions that we're going to be number one on this or that. If we get there, fantastic. You know, we're just kind of here for the journey, not really for the destination. Well, just don't, I don't want you to think it's just a guy at a gas station, though. I mean, like that. Don't minimize that because that was for that guy. I bet he went home, and I bet he told his family about it. Right. And I mean, you're in, if he's listening to you every every episode, that's an impact you're really having. Well, I'm hoping he listens to this and he's like, "Here's a free pack of cigarettes." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thank you. He said, "I would have given you more than one if you would have known my name." Uh, well, and that's something I talked about when I went to the Orpheum Theater in Galesburg being inclusive including anybody and everybody and that's one of the big things that the guys at the pfpn have done they welcomed me with open arms i mean that's one of the things i love about everybody that's at this convention it seems like it's a family yeah you're not among strangers well and the opportunities that that opens it opens up because that like i say you have such a passion for the Orpheum, you know, you've gone there with your children over the years, and it's a very special place for you. And from what I understand from listening, and, and you know, to, it's a very special place in general of the history of it and everything. So, I mean, if, if we weren't doing this podcast, you wouldn't have gotten that experience, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah. Or if I wouldn't have ever decided to wander out, you know, to uh, to the Quad Cities, to Moline, there, I would never met you guys. We wouldn't be here, supposed to be riffing on this stuff and having full house moments where we're hugging each other. But no, this is all fantastic, you know. Well, I mean, we talk about. Justin and I and Jason's been there the drive-in I mean that you just put on the Big Sky Monster Mash and it's that's become a huge part of my life and my son's life and I hopefully someday Finley's life I mean my daughter's four so hopefully someday I'm at the drive-in watching something I probably shouldn't be watching with her but <laughs> was there a, uh, a chainsaw maniac in a ghillie suit this year? I heard last year there was a chainsaw. I didn't have a chainsaw yet. last year. I had, I was just a ghillie suit because I showed yeah, Legend yeah. of Boggy Creek. And during that, I just started running around around people's cars and oh. <laughs> scaring them, popping up in their windows and stuff. It was great. This year, we didn't have the, didn't have much of a budget by the time we got to the drive-in. But I did, so I used the ghillie suit again, but I showed Alligator and Monster Squad. And so during Alligator, I put on this like little cheapo alligator mask. And I was running around, and my son had to guide me with a flashlight because I couldn't see anything out of the little eye holes in the mouth. But I was doing the same thing again this year. It's so much fun, man. 
you just you're going for an experience like we were talking about before and then the drive-in really offers that it was fun i put a little trailer together for that event on our thank show you for that again. and oh no problem it was fun i love doing stuff like that's the art of the trailer i actually enjoy editing audio trailers and stuff like that. it's almost like a, an orchestra where you got to find the the beats and the rhythms that's got to hit just right and match up but anyway i loved the 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 difference in the movies you were showing but it was also a challenge putting that together because it was like, alligator, it's in the sewer. You know, the next one is like, stop until you drop, like Monster Squad, the Wolfman's got nards. And I'm like, how am I going to blend these two? You know? That's a great example, though, that Monster Squad, for many people, myself included, was very much a uh, an, an on-ramp because that was what oh, introduced a, a lot of people Absolutely. to. It's safe enough for kids. It does have, but it has enough of... The intensity and homage to the universal monsters that adults are going to see that and be in love with it too. So I thought perfect for the first movie, and if the kids will fall asleep by the time the second one begins, and then Alligator, which would traumatize kids to see. You know what's like great? it did me. You know what's great about that movie too is it actually makes fun of the genre. Like in the beginning, where he wants to, you know, before the monsters hit, and uh, he wants to see. I forget what it was called, but it was like you know, Mass Killer Man Part Seventy Two. He's been chopping on his roof watching it with his dad. Yeah, and so I loved how they poked fun of the genre that they wound up being a gateway for. (laughs) That's our time, folks. Yeah, all right. I think that's our time. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming. It was nice conversation. Great trailer. Hey, thank you for sticking around and not leaving and clapping. One last thing, real quick. So, go ahead, Brian. You're closer to it. So, uh. Again, against his better judgment, we're going to make Justin, for being a guest on the show, an honorary spooky boy. Oh, so, thank you, got guys. a t-shirt here for him. Oh. We can't put him on the shirt because he's too pretty. <laughs> we just have to take everything else off <laughs> and put him on there. Jason already takes the pretty spot. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he's thank the one you. closest to your heart. So, Thank you, yeah. guys. This has been really an honor. And, and a year in, it's such a cool point to come and be part of this with you guys because you have much to celebrate and much to look forward to. So applause to you for your work. Thank you. Thanks for carrying us on this episode. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Appreciate it. Yeah, it was a nice break for Jason. (laughs) My breaks. They're very bad. (laughs) I just keep talking. Thank you guys so much. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of the show. Hey, what's wrong with you, man? Show some fucking respect for the dead, will ya?